Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. I feel like I'm doing a Verizon commercial. Can you hear me now? Yeah. So let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here. Thank you for for just your joy and your peace and your love and for always being with us. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that you speak through me this morning and get, and get across what you once said. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. So I woke up this morning and I was happy. And so my wife's actually out of town, so it's just me and the dog and the cat. And so I'm sitting there and my cat's on the couch and my dog's like sitting on the floor on his bed. And I'm just singing away. I'm so happy. And I look over, and my cat's like going like this and runs to the door and sitting there like, let me out, let me out. And my dog's like got his face hid like this. And I was like, I am not letting you out. You're going to stay in here and be happy with me. So put the cat back on the couch, and she's sitting there going, just shut up. So I was like, well, I was going to sing this morning, but I think I'm going to pass on that if, if the ones who love me don't even like my singing. But, but. It's funny how when you get that in your heart, sometimes you just wake up and you can just feel God and you're just like, man, this is going to be a great day. And this is the day that the Lord has made and I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be happy in it. And you're just like, you know what? Let's go get this. I'm excited. And so I'm real excited um, this morning because um, I want to... I want to go a little deeper than some of the stuff that I, I normally would um, go. So um, I wrote on the board. <clears throat> so good luck with hanging with me. If you guys are hiding your heads or hissing at me when we're done, I'll know I went too far. Okay? So I wrote on this. I don't know if all you guys can see it, but it's called, we call it party. So, so this morning I'm going to say, let's parties. Okay, can you see it everywhere, or do I need to move it more? It's okay. One of these days, I will get PowerPoint down, and you won't have to deal with this. But it's called parties. Now, you're like, what in the world are you talking about? Okay? So this is actually rabbinical exegesis. You're like, exa-what? What is exegesis, right? It doesn't mean that you used to know Jesus, and now it's an exegesis. It means that that's how you bring out the Word of God and how you, how you study the Word of God and, and what it's like. Like, you can exegete a community, too, right? Like, for as missionaries, we go in into communities, and what we do is we take teams in, and we call it exegete in the community. What does that mean? It means we go in and we find out, who do you get to know? Who do you want to talk to? What's here and what's there? And then it gives us a basis for when we go in, this is who we need to get to know. This is who's influence, and this is where we need to start building relationships, and then we can do it. Well, it's the same thing with the Word of God. And so the rabbis teach this, and, and this is something that, that um, I'll show you. You're like, well, you're teaching Old Testament, rabbinical exegesis. What about Christian stuff? And I was like, this is, right? Believe it or not, if you believe in Jesus, you are Jewish, you can't say that. That's not true. Actually, the Bible says that you're the seed of Abraham. 
you're joint heirs to all the promises that God has. So guess what? You're Jewish. You're, you're in line for that. Now, there's a difference here, because like in the Old Testament, a lot of the, the believers will, or the Jewish people would get saved, and then they'd try to turn, turn the believers back into Jewish people without Jesus. That's called Judaizers, right? We're not Judaizers. We are believers in Jesus, right? And so Jesus is our focus. He's a reason. He's the main thing. And anytime you take your focus off of Jesus, you're going to be sunk. You guys hear what I'm talking about? So now the rabbis, and this isn't just messianic rabbis. This is orthodox and conservative. And this is, this is actually rabbinical exegesis. And it'll help. it helped me learn to study the Bible in a more meaningful way. And I think it'll help you too. And so we start off. And it's called, you can always think of it so you can write it down, and it's called parties, right? They actually put the A and the E in there so that they can have a cute little name. But it doesn't, doesn't go with anything. But we have the P, and the P means Peshat, or it's the surface, or it's direct. By the way, Jim, thank you for getting the board. I always appreciate him. He's always smiling. You guys are always, always smiling, but now I feel bad. I was wanting to bring a horse this week, but I chickened out on asking you guys. <laughs> but um, anyway, so here's the Peshat, and it's surface, or it's direct. So in, in the Greek, when you're studying the Greek, you have, have two different things, too. What do you have? You have logos and rhema. How many have ever heard of those, those two? Right? What is logos? It's the written. It's the plain. It's the surface. That would be Peshat in Hebrew. And then you have the rhema, which is revelation. You know, it's a living word of God where God's speaking to you and he's talking to you and he's showing you stuff. And you only get that from a relationship with the Holy Spirit. See, you can have biblical knowledge and not know the author of the Bible. It's all just in your in your conscience, but it hasn't sunk down into your heart. And so when you study the Bible and when you learn about how to get into the Word of God, if you will learn to say, you know something, I'm going to go deeper than just the surface because God's got something great for me and He wants me to learn this and He wants to do great things in my life. And if I give Him the opportunity to grow me, guess what? He's going to grow. And some of us get so impatient. Do you know something? You plant a fruit tree... And then you see this little thing come up, and then you see the tree come up, and then you see the branches come up. But you know what the last thing you ever see on a fruit tree is? Fruit. You get mad when it's partly coming up. You know what we do? We go and knock it off at the root, just like George Washington with the cherry tree, right? Although that's a lie. That's not true. Do you know George Washington actually didn't grow up in Virginia? His mom and dad moved to Texas, and it was in the, in, the, in the country, the prairie country, so they had to build a sod house, and we have, there's like mesquite trees out there. And so this little mesquite tree grew up in the doorway. So every time they go in, they've got thorns, and it would poke him. Well, it poked George one too many times. So he went out and chopped it down. So his mom and dad come to him and said, George, did you chop that down? And he said, Mom and Dad, I can't tell a lie. I did. And the, so George's dad looked at his mom. She said, honey, we got to move. And he said, why is that? She said, well, if he can't even tell one lie, he'll never make a good Texan. <laughs> so they packed up and moved. Okay, that was free. 
trying to make sure you guys are awake and not falling asleep on me, right? Okay, so here's the, the Peshat. It's the surface. It's the direct. Then we go into Remy's. Now, Remy's is hints. Like, Jesus used a lot of that in his parables, right? He, he's, he's like, he'd throw this stuff at them, and they'd be like, what are you talking about? And he's like, if you'll just take my hint, if you'll just take my clue, if you'll just listen to what I'm talking about, then you'll find a deeper meaning, right? And then we have the darash. And darash means to seek or inquire. Now, some rabbis also use the D. They use din instead of darash. But um, darash is actually kind of both because din actually means the law. And so, so it's a lot of the really, you know, they're, they're like going right to the law. I believe more in the darash. And there is the word of God in the darash. There is, is God's ways in the darash. But we seek and we inquire. We have, actually, the Jewish people have, it's called a midrash. And um, it's, a lot of people think it's more mystical, but it's not. It's more like, it's more spiritual would be another word to say to about it. But, but it's more about when you seek, right? The Bible says, says um, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's not just talking about a surface. And he's just not talking about something hidden. But he's talking about we seek, we inquire, we, we go after, and we find out, what are you really trying to say to me? Because there's something important here. And when he's saying, I want you to seek first my kingdom, right, and your righteousness. No, he says, seek ye first his kingdom and his Righteousness, not your own righteousness, because you'll never live up in your own. That's, we never would have needed Jesus, and when we think that we can, that's the biggest insult we could ever give to Jesus. Do you know what we're saying? Oh, you didn't need to die for me because I got it. What a waste of time you did. I mean, that kind of hurt your feelings. So say I come over, and, and you, you broke your leg because you were like trying to ride a bull or something, you know? <laughs> And so I'm like, you know something? I'm going to mow your lawn for you. And I come over there, and you're out there, and you're like crawling. Oh, I can get, I can get it, right? Or I go ahead and mow it. And you come out there, that's okay, but I could have done it. Do you know what you're telling me? I didn't need you. I could have done it, but really, I, you did need me, right? Because you're like crawling around, barely getting the thing done. Do you hear what I'm talking about? And so that's how we are when we try to live in our own righteousness and try to make our relationship with God based on what we do rather than what Jesus done. Now you're like, well, what we do matters. Yeah, it matters. It matters a lot. It matters to God, too. But what we do is not based out of rules and regulations, but it's based out of relationship. Does that make sense? And so now we're not doing something because we want to get good. We're doing something because we, that's who we are, right? And so, so I don't do stuff for my wife because she makes me, although sometimes she tries to make me and it don't go well for her because I'm a cowboy, <laughs> right? But when I do stuff for her out of love, I do it out of a relationship. Does that make sense? And so that's what God's about. He's like, like, I'm not here about do, 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 because that's all it is. 
It's just a bunch of do, 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 do. You guys get it? I think it's funny. You guys like my cat. <laughs> right? But God's out about it's done. When Jesus was on the cross, he didn't say, get to work, boys. Say, so you got a lot left to do. What did he say? It is finished. So when we seek God, we're seeking him as sons, as daughters, as someone with a position, not as someone trying to get into a position. Does that make sense? And so here we're coming to God, and we're like, hey, Daddy. Hey, Father. Thank you that you've saved me. Thank you that you've done this. Thank you that you've done that. The Bible says we enter his courts with thanksgiving. There's a song that says, or it's gates with thanksgiving. There's a song we used to sing growing up. I will enter his courts. I won't sing it because you'll hiss at me. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts and praise. It's from Psalms 104, right? And so when we go into God's presence, we're going in already thanking him. Why are we thanking him? Because you thank someone when they've done something for you. You know, God's already done, done it for you. It's a done deal. It's finished. El Caput. Dano. No more. You don't have to do anything else but rest in that. And as you rest in that, the Holy Spirit comes in and lives out through you. And he empowers you to live the life that he's called you to. And now you're starting to bear fruit. But that fruit's not just your fruit. It's the fruit of the Spirit, which is what? Love, joy, peace, goodness. I had a pastor one time. He's like, I want you to preach and I want you to develop how you develop the, the, um, and make yourself have peace and love and the fruits of the, the Spirit. I was like, I can't. Because I stink. I need help, right? So what did I do? I get, I get the Holy Spirit in me. And I start walking, and I start talking with Jesus. And you know what? Pretty soon, I start acting like him. You know what? Who you hang around with impacts on how you're going to act. Right? So, so if you want to act like, like um, say, you want to be a billionaire, hang out with billionaires. They're going to rub off on you. Right? If you want to be a drug addict or don't want to be a drug addict, don't hang out with, with that, right? That doesn't mean we don't reach out to them and love them and help them up. I'm not talking about that, right? And, but, but it matters. So we have the God who created the universe that wants to have a per- personal relationship with us, with us. He wants to hang out with us. He wants to love us. He wants to, to be with us. Why would we neglect that? Right? Talk to him. I talk to him all the time. Do you know he's good when I'm cleaning stalls? He's like a good ear. And he talks back like I get, get more out of cleaning stalls than I do anything. Why? Because my mind's off everything else. And you're probably like, well, you can't get much lower than that. I'm, you know. But he's there just as much as he's here. And he doesn't want to, us to contain him to be in here. He wants to go with us into every area of our life. Does that make sense? 
Okay. So you're like, well, you've been taking a lot of time on Darash. So Darash is really important, right? And, and we should seek. But then we have this. Do you know what this is? S-O-D. It looks like sod, but it's not. That's a long O, so it's called sowed. Okay? So sowed actually means secret. It's inspiration or it's revelation. So in this would be rhema or the equivalent or close. I hate to say equivalent, but if you're like going logos and rhema, this would be this would be logos and this would be rhema, but there's more in between too. Okay? So now rhema again is revelation. That's what what sowed is. It, it's it's deep stuff that you don't know and that you only get by revelation. When you come to, to Jesus, you know what happens? Is the Holy Spirit touches not your brain. It's your heart. And he says, you need me. I love you. I want you to come to me. And you know what you do? You respond. Hopefully, if you're here and you haven't responded, we can fix that. All you have to say is, Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you. Maybe he's, he's talking right now. It's real easy. Maybe it, it's over a video or, a, or even the sound system. If you don't know Jesus, it's simple. Just ask him into your heart. Say, Lord, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. That's simple. And then, then tell somebody. Let him know. But he comes in, and it's at the, at the um, request of the Holy Spirit. Right? It's at the, not the request, maybe the, the prompting of the Holy Spirit. That's the deep stuff that God wants to do. And there's so much more deeper stuff that he's showing you when you're reading the Bible. And you're like, well, what is this all about? And what's all this about? And he said, let's go, let's go diving, right? Like there's divers, right? You've got like the, the, the um, self-contained underwater, right? And then you've got like rebreathers too, right? Which is scuba gear, but you can go deeper. Then you've got rebreathers. You can go maybe 30, 50 feet, and you're rebreathing your own air. And then you've got these hot, hard hat divers, Man, they can go deep. That's what we need. We need to put our hard hat, our helmet of salvation, and say, you know something? I want to learn all about you, and I want to learn all about your kingdom, and I want me to show, want you to show me who you are. Psalms 103 says, says Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all or his benefits. Who heals all my diseases? Right? Delivers me from all my iniquities. Right? It's a complete package. Right? It's the best, it's the best benefit pl- package in the universe. You guys hear what I'm talking about? So you can, you can bank on him. Right? Okay. So you're like, let me get to the word. So I've kind of got you, are you. Do I need to slow down or go back over this? You guys good? So I'm setting you guys up. You're like, great. That's just what we wanted. Okay, so, so the, these things are, are made to examine the extended meaning of the text, right? So it's made for us to learn more. The, the, um, the Bible says that it, it's alive and quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. That means I can be preaching on one thing, and you'll get one thing, and you'll get one thing, and you'll get one thing, and you'll get... Why? Because the Holy Spirit's taken that. And he's putting that into your heart because it's a living word, okay? 
Okay, so I'm going to go into, um, start in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and um, show you kind of what I'm talking about. In verse 15, it starts, it's talking about idolatry and how not to have any form of idolatry when, when you go into the promised land. And then, then God talks about how he's a jealous God. And, and, and then in 25, he says this, After you have had children and grandchildren and have lived in the land a long time, if you then become corrupt and make any kind of idol, doing evil in the eyes of the Lord your God and provoking him to anger, and then he goes on and says, says it's not going to be good for you, right? And then get down here to verse 28, and he says this, There you will worship man-made gods of wood and stone, which cannot see or hear or eat or smell. So up above in 27. I'm trying to hurry because i got a lot to get to, but I'm not going to cut out. I, got, I just won't get to it if I don't. 27 says, The Lord will scatter you among the peoples, and only a few of you will survive among the nations to which the Lord will drive you. There you will worship man-made gods of wood and stone, which cannot see or hear or eat or smell. You know God can see, God can hear, God can eat, God can smell. I can't eat. Jesus ate, didn't he? We're going to have a supper in heaven. Right? They're like blowing your mind. They're like, <laughs> right? Don't hiss at me. Might hurt my feelings, right? So, so he's just not ordinary. There's no other God like him. He's the only God. He's the one God. And so, so he's reinforcing that there. But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him. If you look for him with all your brain. No. If you'll look for him with all that you know. No. You will find him if you look for him with all your heart and with all your soul. And when you are in distress and all these things have happened to you, then in latter days you will return to the Lord your God and obey him. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon or destroy you or forget the covenant with your forefathers, which he confirmed to them by oath. Isn't that good? Now, one of the things rabbis always say is God's mercy always precedes his judgment. You're like, well, how does that work out? Well, in, in the Jewish, before Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, there's a month, and the whole month's called Elul. And what that month um, um, actually refers to is, I am my beloved, and he is mine, and his banner over me is love. So it's about a love relationship, and it comes from the Song of Solomon. And so this whole month, Preparing for judgment. Do you know what they're doing? They're renewing that God's their God of love. And they're preparing for the judgment. So when they get judgment, it's not a judgment against. You can have two types of judgments. You can have a judgment that puts you down, or you can have a judgment that judges and lifts you up. So that's why God's mercy always precedes his judgment, because he's a good God. Amen? Okay, now it says this. Ask. Now, about the former days, long before your time from the day God created man on earth, ask from one end of the heavens to the other, 
has anything so great as this ever happened or anything like this ever happened before to any other people? So where would we ask? Seek. Inquire. Go beyond the surface. Go beyond the hints and put your mind, hey, you know, this is incredible, right? At this point, this was the greatest thing that ever happened because he brought him out of Egypt and he done all these great things for him. And he's like, ask. Ask me. How many of us like, like, well, I really needed help, but why didn't you ask me? We got the God on hand that's already provided everything we need. Why didn't we just ask? Like, why didn't I ask if I could bring my horse in here today? I'm lying, by the way. I'm teasing. Right? So we just got to ask and we got to trust him, right? Okay. Man, I'm not even going to get started. Okay. Ask from one end of the heavens to the other. He has anything ever great. Has any other people heard the voice of God speaking out of the fire? You, you have and lived. Has any God ever tried to take himself one nation out of another by testing? And he's going on about this. And then he says, Acknowledge and take to heart this day that the Lord in God, Lord is God in heaven above and on earth below. There is no other. Okay? So now I'm going to go over here to Deuteronomy chapter 5, and I'm going to get started so I can finish not done. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 1 says, Moses summoned all Israel and said, Hear, O Israel, the decrees and laws I declare in your hearing today. Learn them and be sure to follow them. Right? The Lord our God has made a covenant with us at Horeb, and it was not with our fathers that the Lord made this covenant, but with us and with all of us who are alive here today. Right? And then it talks about how the Lord spoke to him from a mountain. Right? You know, God, when God spoke, everyone heard him speak. Right? And so it was a big deal to him. Right? So, and then he says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, you shall have no other gods before me. Okay? So that's real important. Then we get, he reviews the Ten Commandments, right? And all the Ten Commandments are is how we deal with God and how we deal with other people. So it's vertical and it's horizontal relationships, right? Number five is kind of cool. Because it actually deals with both. Because you know what it is? Honor your father and mother. Well, guess who that deals with? That deals with your heavenly father. And that deals with your earthly father. Right? And so it actually combines the two and cements them together. Which I think is really neat. Is this boring? You guys good? I don't want to put you to sleep. I could sing if you want. <laughs> right? So, he, so he's going through... The, the Ten Commandments, and, and I, love, I love how he puts that, that in the middle, right? And then we read on through, through um, the Ten Commandments, uh, his review, and we get to Exodus, or Deuteronomy chapter 6, and this is one of my favorite 
in the Bible, because this chapter will open up the entire New Testament to you, too. And I would show you if I had a few more minutes. <laughs> like three hours. Right? Watch this. These are the commandments. Actually, I'm going to skip that and go to another dude. Okay? There's Matthew chapter 19, verse 1. Now a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Which ones? The man required. Okay, so this dude's coming up. It's the story of the rich, rich young ruler. You're like, where are you going with this? And I was like, well, I can't get it all in, so I'm going to get you some nuggets right here. Something that you can kind of take, take with you, okay? So he's coming up to Jesus, and he's like, hey, what must I do to enter? What must I do? Do you know what? What's his question? Number one, you can tell a lot about a person by the questions they're asking. And so Jesus saw him coming from a million miles away and could hear his heart by, because out of, the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Everyone thinks this is about his money. It has nothing to do with his money. It has everything to do with his heart. You hear what I'm saying? Money is a servant. Do you hear what I'm saying? Money is not meant to serve you. Money is meant to, or for you to serve, money is meant to serve you. Right? There, money is not evil. It's what you do with it or how you place it on the scale that determines that. But it's like a gun. A gun's not evil. Right? But if you take it and shoot somebody, it's evil. Right? Or you can take it and defend someone, and it's good. Same thing, a little different. Okay. Which ones, a man inquired, do you supply? Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, which ones is he dealing with? He's hitting him not with the ones that go with God, but with the ones that deal with other people. So he's talking to him about the horizontal right commandments, right? But God says, you know something? I'm going to go a little deeper with you right now because this is what I'm going to ask you. Now watch this. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Now I seriously doubt that he kept them perfectly. How many of us have kept them perfectly? Any hands? No. Right? So, he was already coming with a false pretense based on what he could do, and he couldn't live up to what he thought that he should do. All these I've kept, the young man said, What do I like? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give them to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had. Great wealth. Now, what did Jesus do? He's like, okay, you think you've kept those? Let me throw one more at you. What was the first one? What was the first commandment? Do you guys remember? I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. What was the problem? He had a God. 
And it was based on his status. And it was based on his wealth. And it was based on this. And based on what he could do. And Jesus is like, you've got to lay it all down and follow me. And then the disciples are asking him later. They're like, man, if he can't get saved, he does perfect. Man, what hope do we have? And then Jesus says, well, it's easier for for a, a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich, rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven, right? Now watch this. A needle's not like, I used to think, how in the world would a camel get through that, right? Not a sewing needle. They had these needles in, that would go into the city gates, and so the camels would go into them, but in order to fit, they had to take all the baggage off. And when they took the baggage off, do you know what happened? They could fit through, and the baggage never come through. They were just sunk. No, their baggage was back on the other side. Their goods, the stuff they were carrying. If he had just realized that if he had honored God, and if he would have trusted God, and if he had just released all that pride and all that self stuff and said, you know something, I really can't do it. I'm not going to depend on my stature. I'm not going to depend on my weight, on my, on my um, wealth. I'm not going to depend on any of that. I'm going to put all my trust in you, Jesus. And I'm going to let you guide me. And I'm going to let you keep me. And I'm going to let you be with me. All of his perfection was just, the Bible says that, that, that our righteousness, not our sin, our righteousness is as filthy rags. If our righteousness is like that, what about our sin? So, without Jesus, we have no hope. But with him, we have all the hope in the world. So we need to lay down. Maybe you're carrying weight. Maybe you're carrying some stuff that you think, you know what, I'll never get through this. I want to tell you this morning, give it to him. Lay it down. Don't try to do it on your, on your own. Because you can't carry it. But if you come to Jesus and say, you know something? I give you my heart. I give you my life. Not only that, if I'm going to give him my heart and my life, why wouldn't I give him all my problems and all these other things that are going on and saying, hey, I'll take your payment that you paid to deliver me and to help me and to be with me and I'll receive it. And now I can go forward and trust that he's with me. Amen? Amen. So just asking. Just asking. If you don't know him, just asking. If you're having trouble, just asking. Seeking. And you'll find that he's more than willing. Amen? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for being with us. And we give you the praise and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.